My job as a real estate investor is to teach you the principles so that you become a better millionaire. You have to see yourself succeeding before you'll ever succeed. So the mindset is the first obstacle that must be overcome. In fact, it's the only obstacle that if you don't overcome it, you won't succeed. You're listening to the Expertish Podcast. Be sure to head over to iTunes or Spotify and tell Jay what you thought about this episode. Expertish is where you can learn how to invest from those who have, those who are, and have some fun along the way. Are you ready to start? Welcome to Expertish Podcast. And today we are with Lane Bean coming to us from Texas, correct? For Texas, that's right. All right. All right, Lane. Thanks for being here with us on Christmas Eve, taking time out to uh, talk a little about some investing and, and your, I guess, your journey from the Air Force as an Air Force pilot to investing, correct? That's correct. You were investing quite a bit while still active, uh, weren't you, on the single families and stuff? Did we talk about that? Yeah, Jay, for your audience, I started the Air Force in 1987 by going to the Air Force Academy and graduated from the Air Force Academy in 1991. That's when I started my Air Force active duty career as a pilot. And I spent 10 years on active duty. And during that time, I learned a lot about and had an interest in real estate, but wasn't an active investor because of the pace of active duty and just the movement patterns were were really hard. And maybe some of your audience is in the military, or maybe they have a kind of a a job that, that that drives them around the different areas, you know, and kind of hard to do. And that's kind of what I found. But in the year 2000, I separated and I went to the Air Force Reserves and was able to put down some roots and that allowed me to start investing. And I started in single family investing because that's the entry point that I could afford and the knowledge level that I was familiar with. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then I, I went from there and I scaled up to multifamily. And so for the last 10 years, I've been exclusively focusing on multifamily investments, multifamily residential investments. And, uh, and a lot of that was while I was still in the Air Force Reserves and I was a full-time reserve officer. A lot of our audience is military or veteran, but for the, some people might not know then that essentially it's a full-time job you know, with the reserve. So you were still working full-time when you were really getting to the investing. You just weren't having to relocate every few years, right? That's right. I had, I had more stable roots. It's right. right. Same yeah. thing. I was working 40 to 50 hours a week, you know, as a full-time Air Force pilot mm-hmm. uh, with a high workload and high demand. But I was able to to get a little bit of time away and, and uh, learn about real estate and learn about how to invest. Right on. Was most of your uh, single family uh, investments when you're starting off, were they mostly in your area? Kind of they were. Home? Okay. My neighborhood. I grew up in Fort Worth, and so I was familiar with this, although that's not required, but uh, that's where I grew up. And so I, I was re- investing kind of in my community, in my area, in my neighborhood, and areas where I thought would have a good um, upside. Okay. Knowing where you're looking to invest, that's that's super important. I think that is one of the struggles too with military people moving around so much. I know that my first few were scattered, you know, and I was just doing the same thing, the single family, but I was just wherever I'd live, I'd get mine, you know, the basic start for a lot of people, but it does get a little bit more challenging if you don't have uh, good people running them for you or managing when you're deployed or you've moved away and stuff like that. So 
you know, it, the ability to do it closer to home definitely can be a, a benefit as well. Keep a little bit better look on uh, on your investments there. And then you went to multifamily to multi multifamily. I mean, we're not talking like a lot of our audience and stuff, and a lot of uh, my friends and like me. The level that my lower level of investing, to be honest, is to multi level is like two, three, and four, right? But you're you're talking full on developments, uh, a little bit of everything, right? Right. So anything less than five, you know, is still classified residential. Right. Even though it is multifamily, but above five, you get into commercial property. Mm -hmm. And the the benefit of that is now the financing uh, options are different and the lending options and um, and then the sophistication is a little higher. Uh Um, And so what I found is, you know, you're, you're getting into the professional class of investors. Your professional vendors, more professional vendors that work on these projects, more professional industry players. Mm-hmm. If we could talk a little bit about the one that uh, I just saw recently that you guys just, congratulations, just funded the Nest. Is that correct? It is. Before we even get into the investing part, one of the things, I love that performer, the, the video performer. I got to say like that was one of the more clear presentations too that really hit a lot of the points. But one of the things that you uh, mentioned several times in there is the goal of making a, making a better millionaire, I believe is what you said, right? And I just, that that tagline stuck to me pretty well. I think that's, a, that's an awesome uh, thought process during that presentation and, and uh, that really stuck out. But what a cool project though. Yeah. Well, Jay, the reason I say that, and that's my brand, that's my uh-huh. shtick, if you will, yeah. be a better millionaire. And before you can be a better millionaire, and I'm talking to your brokest investor right now, or your potential investor, right? you have right. to see, and I don't know who that is in your audience right now, but maybe somebody in your audience right now can't make next month's payment or whatever it may be, car payment, rent payment, whatever. You don't see yourself as a millionaire. Right. But that's the first obstacle that you have to overcome. And so as I always greet people, I say greetings, multimillionaires, millionaires, or future millionaires. My job as a real estate investor is to teach you the principles so that you become a better millionaire. Now, if that means you're a multimillionaire and you want to become a mega multimillionaire, great, we can do that. But if it's, I'm a future millionaire, you have to see yourself succeeding before you'll ever succeed. So the mindset is the first obstacle that must be overcome. In fact, it's the only obstacle that if you don't overcome it, you won't succeed. Right. Every other obstacle can be overcome, but that one has to be overcome as its first step. And so you have to see yourself as a millionaire, as a real estate millionaire that's successful. You may not know all the steps to get there, right? That's what Jay can teach you. That's what Lane can teach you. That's what these other people can teach you, but you have to believe you can do it before you can do it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a huge, huge point. And, uh, we hear that a lot. I'm sure you hear it from a lot of people as well. And I hate to say, uh, use the word excuse, but kind of make excuses to themselves of why they can't or don't know how to or whatever. And none of us started out knowing how to, right? You had to have a first step somewhere. Yeah. You want to be a good real estate investor? Do you know how you become that? Is you start by being a bad real estate investor. (laughs) And then you learn and you make mistakes and you find somebody like Jay or Lane to mentor or follow and then learn what they have, read books, 
and you become a little better and then you become a little better and you practice and you become a little better and you start with a small project right. and you make right. mistakes. I mean, the projects we have now, we still make mistakes. Nobody is mistake free, right. but the right. mistakes we make now are very fast. We recover quickly and we get very sound advice. And then we protect ourselves from those, the results of those mistakes, but nobody's perfect. No, <laughs> that brings to a good point. How about uh, telling us maybe one of your um, biggest obstacles or biggest mistakes in your investing career, whether it's getting started or further down your career, what's one that didn't go as planned? Yeah, well, let me say one of the biggest lessons learned Okay, um, is when I, and this is very applicable to everybody. That's why I mentioned this one specifically. I could go on and on and on and fill the whole chapter of podcasts up with mistakes. I won't do that, but this is the one that I think has the most application is when I started and I told you kind of real briefly about my background, I was a single family investor. And so I started with the mentality that I was going to save a nickel here and a nickel there. And, and then a collection of all these, you know, nickels was going to make, make profit. And it was profitable when you can do things yourself, you do save your cash flow. But that do-it-yourself mentality, DIY, works well in single-family investing, right? And you may have some experiences with that, or your audience may have some experiences. You know, the, the plumbing breaks, and you go over and fix it, or somebody moves out, and you go over, or your family goes over and cleans it. That do-it-yourself, save a nickel. Right. Well, that mentality works okay, you know, if you have plenty of time. But when you move into the multifamily realm of investing, the professional class, that do-it-yourself does not work. And you right, can't right. do things yourself because the projects are bigger and the projects are more complicated. Right, and so you right. have to develop a team. You have to think of you know, multiplying your efforts with someone else's efforts. And what does that mean? That means your network of vendors, your network of suppliers, your network of... Uh, other agents that help you, they are your net worth. Mm -hmm. So the bigger network you have and the more reliable and dependable and service provided they are, the bigger your network or your network. And so when I was a single family investor, I took that mentality and a multifamily investor. And for several, a long period of time, I didn't have any results to show because I was trying to do it myself. Right. It wasn't until I learned, hey, that this is a team sport when you're working on big projects and you have to rely on highly qualified, trustworthy, loyal team members. Right. And so that was my mistake, my lesson learned, and the one that I wanted to tell all of your single family investors with the aspiration of going to multifamily projects is start building a network of qualified vendors, suppliers, cleaners, repairmen, property managers, asset managers, financiers, all the, all the asset pieces that you're doing yourself now in single family. Right. I'd say that's probably the biggest request that we get even from past clients or one of the uh, people trying to get into investing is just for recommendations for those vendors. You know, because, and, and I don't have a problem with that because it's like, I'm glad people are reaching out to uh, try to get quality people because while it can definitely help you leverage your time better and, and make better, better profits, if you, if you get the wrong ones, you need to, to ditch that part of your team quickly because that can really uh, suck up quite a bit of your, your time and, and profit. But, you know, they're kind of both hand in hand a lot of the time, right? 
Absolutely. And you want to surround yourself with experts in these areas, you right. know, construction right. men, maintenance men, uh, property managers. You want to find the very best ones. You want to be highly skilled at identifying talent, a talent scout. You know, I try to surround myself with experts so they can tell me what to do. Right. I don't right. surround myself with qualified people and then tell them what to do. If I have to tell them what to do, then they're not the person I'm looking for. Yeah, that's a nice way to look at that. It's really a never ending process, but how long did it take you once you recognized that to really construct the team, you know, your first core team that you were comfortable with? Yeah, great question, Jay. So you could probably learn the industry academic knowledge about multifamily residential housing in a month. Mm-hmm. One class, one month, you could probably learn and be qualified at 95% level, 90% level of the uh, vocabulary, of the formulas, of the tools that are used. Pretty quick. It's not that complicated. But to build a relationship with the people that I just talked about, the market makers, you know, there's a lot of people in the market, but seven out of 10 are just watching what happens. Right. right. You know, three or four don't know what happens, don't know what happened. The other three are watching what happens. So three and four, seven, and then the other three of the 10, they're the ones making it happen, right? Mm-hmm. And so for you to develop a relationship with, to identify who are those three that are actually making the market happen and are in the market, they are the best floor guys. They're the best roofers. They're the best financiers. To figure who that is takes a while. And then to cultivate a relationship with that person or persons or organization or company, that takes a while. And so the question you asked me, Jay, was um, how long does that take to build those? It takes a while to identify and then to cultivate a relationship where you're the first person they call. Right. And you asked me earlier about the project, The Nest. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that project is a uh, 105 unit apartment complex in Tyler, Texas, and it was purchased off market. In other words, there wasn't, uh, it wasn't advertised for sale. It was just kind of uh, rumored for sale right. for, for one or two select individuals. Well, guess what? The person that knew about that had very important information that very few people did. This property is coming for sale. It's a very nice place. You may want to take a look at it. I was the first person they called, right? The reason they called me was because I have a very good relationship with this person. Right. That relationship's been developing over five to six years. Uh, so it just didn't happen last night. You know, he wouldn't have, he's not just randomly calling people. He knew this was a good deal and he called me for it because he knew that's what I was looking for. Right. So you have to be patient. You may know everything in the book and you may know a lot about the industry, but you may not have the network mm-hmm. necessary to be as successful as you may one day be. So be patient, cultivate relationships, go above and beyond to, uh, to add value to the people that are market makers and you'll do well in this industry. 
you know, you were talking about like finding those quality people and, you know, being patient to find those quality people. Sometimes your network starts to grow a little more exponentially by some of the people, those people bring with them. So when you find that quality person who's kind of, uh, same motivation, same goals, uh, same quality that, that, you know, you want to work with a lot of times they will have a connection that maybe you need as well. And kind of, uh, help you build your team in a sense, you know, they bring along some good people with them is what I've found. So again, back to how important it is to start cultivating the right people from the beginning, because you're going to get more people like them, you know, if that's, if that's the route you go, you know, get the quality over, uh, you know, early and focus on the quality early, I guess I should say. So be patient as well, because it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight for that part. Right. I mean, I don't think any relationship really happens overnight. So it definitely takes a while to build that one up. Can, can you tell us a little bit more um, specific? Because again, like I have a lot less um, familiarity with these large uh, projects and the, that type of, um, that type of real estate, definitely interested in it. But could you tell us maybe a little bit more about this Nest project specifically? And, and on the selfish side, I'm saying that just because I got to see the performance. So I know a little bit of the details, but um, to explain a little bit of the process of how uh, investing in something like that with you guys works. And, you know, I know, I believe the minimum for this one was what, 50,000? Was that That's the right. And then, you know, how those returns and how that was scaled out because, you know, I had the, the opportunity to see it, but for people listening, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about that and how they can, that can help make the money. Sure. Well, when you work with, and I know all your in, investors are sold already on real estate and the benefits of real estate and passive appreciation and tax advantages. Right. And, uh, and there's certainly benefits in every real estate class whether you're in retail, service industry, residential, storage, wholesale. I mean, you can make money in all those areas. Right. The one right. I'm most familiar with is residential, commercial residential housing, basically. Right. right. And so that's the, uh, that's the Nest project, and that's what we're working on. But as you find, you know, there's different classes of housing. Uh, you can find single family, multifamily, apartment unit, townhomes, uh, short-term rental, all these different strategies. And that's just where your passions lie. If you're more interested in single family, then pursue single family. But what happens is at some point, each of those have limitations and advantages. With single family, it's a limitation of the scalability. You know, if you want to reach your financial goals, the goals that I had, which was basically to replace my active duty Air Force retirement with passive income, you know, about $150,000 a year passive income through investment, right, right, right. then the scalability of single family was difficult because each home, you know, just say it's $300 a month cash flow, well, three times 12, $3,600 without any type of major repairs. Generally, there are some each year. Well, that would be a whole lot of homes that I would have to manage to get to that number where I could own one or two apartment complexes and probably get closer to that number. So the scale ability of multifamily over single family is advantageous. And that's kind of what took me from the realm of single family investing into multifamily was because I just got limited by the ability to gain more. So when you get to these bigger projects, it's just a matter, Jay, of learning, just like you learn how to invest in a single family or two. Right. Or 
it's the same thing. It's just, you have, you move the decimal place one to the right. Yeah. So if yeah. the taxes are $100, <laughs> you know, they're going to be a thousand dollars in a multifamily. If your revenue is $10,000 in a single family, it's going to be a hundred thousand in a multifamily is, is kind of the time, the, the mentality that I, I look at it. It's not necessarily uh, any more complicated. It just has more uh, team members in it and more people you have to rely on. So here's the thing, Jay, that you could go out right now probably and afford to buy a, a house in your neighborhood by yourself and you wouldn't have to partner with anybody else. But me and you wanted to buy that apartment, that 10 unit apartment complex on the corner of your retail area, mm -hmm. you may not be able to afford that by yourself. And at some point you wouldn't be able to afford the 100 unit. And so me and you and Justin or whoever else in your neighborhood that has some investment money, we would pool our assets and that would allow us to buy a larger project, a better located project and a newer project. And then that way maybe have better returns or more advantageous product. So that's, that's the idea. That's why you want to go into multifamily. That's why you're attracted to the scalability of multifamily. And that's why me and you want to partner together so we can buy something nicer, better, and uh, higher returns. I think that that's just a huge, huge step up. And I guess uh, really I'd started, I didn't really start thinking about this so much until we spoke on the phone. And I looked at that performance and started paying more attention to, you know, some of the projects around me here and stuff like that. And yeah, it's just, in, it's intriguing. But the thing of the partnering with the people, again, it, that's just another, and I do that on a couple other, but they're smaller projects. It's not like, you know, the, the scale that you're talking about, but even those, you know, it's sometimes it's just fun. Sometimes, you know, when you have the right people, it's more than just a partnership. It's kind of becomes like more of a fun project when you're working with the right people or partnered with the right people. It, it becomes enjoyment to me. You know, I don't know if you feel the same way, but it's a lot less like work. But in your, in your case with uh, that, large the large one that you guys just funded that's an opportunity for people as well and like you've got you've basically done the team for them right so the team's yeah. there and people have the opportunity just to invest in projects like this absolutely so just like i mentioned before i've surrounded myself with what i consider an extremely qualified team and uh, I've taken, I've identified all the risk. I've taken a lot of the risk out of it for an investor. And I've offered it to guys like Jay and Justin and, and Michael and Rich and all these other guys so that you can get into the professional class of real estate investing. Because this is not stock market uh, commodities where you can call your broker and buy 100 units of apartment one, two, three. This is a private placement memorandum through a syndicated partnership. In other words, we're all partners right. in this, on this team and we have a pro rata percentage of ownership and we're gonna share in the profits. But this is a private placement. In other words, it's not offered publicly. It's not a publicly traded real estate investment trust or, real, or REIT. And we're very focused on making you become a better millionaire, right? <laughs> My goal and your goal is exactly parallel. Because I know that you're not going to reach your goal with one purchase investment. It's going to take you multiple investments more than likely, right? To reach your goal, certainly with mine. Yeah. And I want you to be on my team for the long ball. I play long ball 
yeah. right? I want yeah. you to be on my team. We're going to, we're going to hold this property for three to five years. We're going to sell it. I'd like to take your investment money and take some part of it and buy the next property and then buy the next property and then help you reach your goal to become a better millionaire in the process. I'm going to be profitable too and, and reach my goals as well. And so this is a long answer to your question that you asked me about two iterations about how do you get involved in these major projects? Mm-hmm. You just kind of start small and you work your way up and you surround yourself with loyal investors, loyal vendors. And then you, you make mistakes. I still make mistakes, but I make those with the consult of professionals. Hey, what do you think we should do here? You're a professional property manager. And sometimes they're wrong. You know, Hey, we should, we should raise rents $50. You raise rents, three people move out. Okay. We should raise, we should reduce rents $25. (laughs) We go back down, we make a quick correction, but those are some of the things that were, and that's just the constant, um, constant decisions that business requires and not all of them are going to be, you know, hundred percent accurate. Yeah. In any business, right? I mean, there's, you're going to make mistakes at any business, any, any time that you have to make those type of, um, judgment calls or decisions, there's going to be mistakes and we all make them. But I, I think too, I learn more personally from mistakes, uh, because you just don't want to make those, especially when you see checks being written because your mistakes, right. That kind of really drives it home. So I, I definitely feel like I learn a lot, to, a lot of times more by the mistakes than I do by the successes. I'm not, I mean, I'm striving for the successes, but you do learn from those others. And as long as you're learning from it, you'll keep growing and moving forward to, as you say, become, uh, make you a better millionaire. So I, I love that. I think that's a great, uh, philosophy and a great mindset, uh, for that one. What about, how about you for your first project? How large a project was that your first like commercial multifamily? Right. So the very first project I bought, um, was a million dollar property. It was a value add, uh, apartment complex in Fort Worth in a very good location in an area that was regentrifying. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we bought it for a million dollars. It was 22 units. And then we put $500,000 of renovations into it. And then, so we had the property basis at about $1.5 million. And then we refinanced it about a year later for 2.6 million. So it was a tremendous success. Uh, it was in 2017. Uh, it was when, uh, was my first individual sponsorship or individual syndication. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was really successful. In fact, it won property of the year for Tarrant County and just a combination of a lot of really good market, uh, dynamics, a very well positioned market. And, uh, and we had a, like I said, a good contractor, a good property manager that really understood the vision. That was the first project that, uh, that launched my real estate, you know, success. That's a, that's a good way to come out of the gate. And then since then, how, how many projects on the commercial side have you done? Uh, since that time, I've probably been involved in six projects, uh, of various strategies. Uh, the most of those have probably been kind of a value add strategy. Uh, although we've, uh, expanded and pioneered out, uh, last, uh, earlier this year in G- uh, July, we have a development project, uh, down in Austin, Texas, and this is in an opportunity zone. So you've heard, um, uh, President Trump and the administration talk about the benefits of opportunity zone and the tax benefits of that. And so we, uh, we pioneered multifamily syndication 
uh-huh. in an opportunity zone. And basically, it's just a, a, a fantastic tax advantage that's afforded to a taxpayer. What, what are the six years and 10 years are the big wickets for that? Uh, there's a five-year and seven-year benefit. If you hold it, you basically there's three benefits and those those are you get to defer your taxes that you would have paid in 2019. You defer those until 2027. So you get to defer them for seven years. And then you get to decrease them by either 15% or 10%. So if you owed $100,000 yeah, in the yeah. year 2019, you would have to pay $85,000 in the year 2027. So those two alone are tremendous. Yeah, that's yeah. And then, yeah. And then any profit you make on the project is completely tax-free if you hold the project for 10 years. So if you were to make a $100,000 gain, you know, if you're in the 20% capital gains bracket, you would pay $20,000. But if it's an opportunity zone, then you don't have to pay any taxes. Really? I mean, when you break it down to its simplest, uh, really the government's paying investors to help make neighborhoods better, you know, clean up or, or put that money into it. So it's really, you're, you're, are adding value, you know, you're helping out that area, providing the housing and the government's rewarding you for it. Absolutely. The government incentivizes, and this is why it's really, real estate is such an advantageous investment vehicle because the government does not want to be in the housing business. No. But they know that to maintain an orderly society, everybody needs a safe place to live that's convenient to employment areas. That way we can increase the employment, increase taxes, fund the government, support the nation. You can't do that if you don't have housing, right? Or safe housing. And so they incentivize investors like Jay and Lane and Justin and all your other audience with tax advantages. If we don't know those, what they are, it's not the government's fault, right? right? I know a lot of people were upset with President Trump because of the amount of taxes he paid. He, he didn't do anything illegal. He just knows the tax law. Right. And he's working right in the middle of the street. And most, you know, every investor is, you know, uh, like, for example, this opportunity zone. Yeah. This is not illegal. No. It's not illegal that I didn't pay taxes in 2019. It's incentivized, right? And so, you know, in depreciation and all these other benefits, you know, the government is doing this because it wants to encourage guys like me and you and your audience to invest and build or renovate, you know, um, houses so people have a nice place to live. And if you do that, they're going to give you a tax advantage. Right. If you know what those are, good for you. If you don't, then you need to learn. (laughs) It's true. And we talked about that. I think it was uh, two episodes ago recorded with uh, my accountant, actually. And uh, we were talking about the, you know, the tax benefits, obviously, of investing in home ownership and stuff like that. And that tax laws are everybody pays the taxes they're paying. You pay your tax rate. You know, we have a scale. That's what you pay. That's just what it is. But then all the tax laws, there aren't tax laws on what you pay. There's tax laws of how not to pay. 
you know, all those laws are really just the different incentives or ways to, you know, get people to do what they, I mean, they're written to make, get people to do what the government wants them to do. You know what I mean? To support, like you said, provide housing or, you know, there's a million of other things, you know, for businesses and, and whatever the case is, but it's not, the laws aren't written to chase your taxes up. They're, they're written so that if you're smart about it and utilize them, then it decreases your taxes so you can provide more value to whatever, you know, whatever industry that is. Uh, so I think if you look at people look at it like that, it's kind of your, it's not your, it's your duty as an investor or a business person to take advantage of those really. Well, so, you know, especially since you like, for instance, your projects where you have all these, um, you know, investors for it, you know, part of your team, your investing team, like, you know, they're probably expecting you to understand these things or be aligned with the right people to make sure you maximize that profit for, for them. Right. So that's kind of, you're kind of part of their, that's part of the, what they're signing on to is they're, they're sold on your team, you know, what you've put together or what your team's put together and expecting you guys to make those professional calls. So I think that's also, I guess that was a long way of getting to the point of saying, I think a great way to get into these things are investments with say like yourself on a project like this, because even a person breaking into that category of investing, now you've got professionals that are already, you know, you've already done the work to put the teams together so you can still invest, you can still make, you know, that good return and watch and see, you know, how, how these projects are played out. So I think that's an, an awesome first step as well. A good opportunity. A lot of people I think would be happy or be advantageous for them to take. I agree with that. It's not everyone's going to have the time or, or the know how to, to build that team the way you did. You know, it's a lot of, like you said, a lot of time to do that. What, is there anything like coming into the uh, investing that you would have done differently with, I guess, your progress from where you went from the single family to the multifamily? Is there something you would have done differently or jumped ship on single family earlier? Or, you know, what would be your one thing? Yes. That you done differently? <laughs> That's it, huh? I can tell you so many funny stories about getting calls and, you know, going over and, 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 you know, I value my time very highly. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the one commodity that we can never replace is our time. Right. And if you're a, you know, I'm sure you might may have some doctors in your audience and you may have some, you know, some lawyers or some other individuals that receive a very high uh, hourly wage, mm -hmm. you know, and you may have some that, Maybe don't. I don't know. I'm sure there are, there's a vast variety, but I consider my time very valuable. Whether it's whether it's um, you know missing time with my children or my wife or my family or flying, mm -hmm. and so um, I didn't value my time very much. And so the um, the thing that I would advise myself to do, looking back, is go into, go into the professional class of real estate investing earlier, get into multifamily investing earlier. Um, because that way it would have freed up my time because multifamily makes enough revenue. Because if you've got one property on the corner there in your neighborhood, that's got a hundred units. Well, that's probably, you know, $75,000 or a hundred thousand dollars of revenue per month. With that type of revenue, you can hire a professional who has training, who has a certification for property management. They're not a mom and pop operation that started this because they got laid off of Walmart. Right. It's probably their 
profession, just like a, an auto mechanic has a profession with training and certification, you know, and other areas do as well. And so my recommendation would be if you want to be, unless you want to become a real estate syndicator, like I am an operator putting these deals together, you know, and, and very few people probably really want to do that because it's a, it's a skill just like a teacher, you know, school teacher just doesn't show up at the principal's office and say, hire me. You have to have training, education, knowledge, experience, you know, the right mentality, attitude. Well, the same way with what I do, you know, it's, it seems to be easy, but it's really not. There's a lot of challenges and problems to overcome. But my, my point, I'm getting a little off track here. Let me circle back to it. Is really this is what I would have told myself is, Hey, Lane, you want to be a professional real estate investor. My passion is to fly and help other people. And so let me work on becoming a very good pilot, but let me invest my money with professionals. And that professional class is multifamily, uh, at least in the, in the, in the housing area. Right. And so my advice to your audience and to you as well is, Hey, if you want to be an operator, great, become an operator. But if you don't move from single family mentality mm-hmm. into the multifamily professionals, uh, real estate space, and your money's going to be safer, you're probably going to get a better return. And over the long run, you're going to accomplish your goals sooner. For me, part of it, probably the same as you, part of the process of investing for me is just the uh, intrigue and the fun of it and learning how to do it. So it's kind of cool to stair-step that. But at the same time, I do like to spread that out a little bit too with prof- other professionals doing stuff, you know, invest in those projects because, um, as you said, that's a good way to get that return without the time spent, but I let, you know, still on some of them, I'm, I'm going to want to keep doing it just as a, cause it's fun. It's fun to learn, you know, because that's just that point that I'm at right now. And I enjoy that stuff. But at the same time, I realize I can't do all the fun projects myself, or I can't do all of anything I want to do myself. So sometimes you do have to prioritize and say, okay, cool. I'm working on these and invest outside of what you normally do to really start stepping up that, you know, scaling, I guess, your, your, your passive income, you know, like you mentioned earlier, and if someone else can help you do it and essentially do it for you, put your money to work for you, then, then why not? You know, it's just, I think the easiest way to scale is let someone else scale for you. It's a pretty well summary right there. So do you have another one coming up? I just want to see if there's anything coming up from you before we, uh, you know, finish this up and see, you know, what you've got going, what might be available to me or anyone else to uh, jump on. We do, Jay. Thanks for asking. We're always out looking, right? Uh, We're always looking for that next great opportunity. And certainly in today's dynamic market where there's opportunities around every day, every minute of every day, it's just being, uh, poised and ready to strike and knowing what to look for. Uh, I always tell people, I say much like there used to be this department store called Kmart, you know, and they had a blue light. And when they turned the blue light on that indicated that this particular rack was on sale. And then, you know, we call it a blue light special. <laughs> and so, uh, by the time the blue light came on, you know, you, you had to be there to buy it immediately or, or the sale was over. And so that's a lot like real estate investing. There's one or two opportunities a day, probably in everybody's market that there's a phone call made. And I call Jay and I say, Jay, I've got a place, uh, one, two, three main street. Are you interested? You know, this guy wants to sell it. 
uh, if you don't buy it, then I'm going to call this broker and it's going to be listed for sale. Yeah. That phone call only happens one time. If it's a good deal, it, it never goes to a second phone call. <laughs> In fact, the second property I ever bought, Jay, I bought it sight unseen. Uh-huh. Uh, the guy called me and, and I'm from Fort Worth and, and he called me and he said, Hey, I've got a deal for you. This guy wants to sell for one reason or the other. He doesn't want to go through the whole chain of, you know, marketing it, cleaning it up, you know, having the 500 tours on the property. He doesn't want to do that. He just wants to sell it. And I said, well, what, what, what's the address and how much does he want? They told me what it was. And I said, put an offer on it right now. It was such a, such a good location. I knew exactly where it was. And, uh, and I said, Hey, we'll, we'll work these details out, but I want this project. And, uh, and it turned out to be a fantastic project. It was really difficult to negotiate because there's a lot of hair to this thing. The roof was bad and we had to talk about that. And these other components were, you know, uh, deficient, but we had to get that squared away, but it was just, you know, a couple of times it fell apart. We put it back together. But the point of this is, is every day there's an opportunity if you know what to look for, right. but you have to train your eyes to see what your brain doesn't tell you. Because as you walk up to this place, you're going to be like, this is a pit. This place is horrible, but that's what your eyes tell you. But what your vision sees is, Hey, let's clean it up. Let's make these changes. And I know that people are moving into this area yeah. uh, because of jobs or because of the change in the neighborhood. And so I, I see something nobody else sees. And then that's finding that what I call a mispriced M I S P R I C E price, a mispriced asset. I look for that every single day. Right. Whether it's, hey, this guy just missed it and he marked it down and it shouldn't have been down, or he, kn I know something, or I have the ability to do something cheaper than everybody else does. Mm -hmm. So I know that at that price, it's mispriced and I'm going to buy that. So you asked me the question, long answer to your question is, are, am I looking? Yes, I'm looking. <laughs> and I'm looking in places that a lot of people overlook or a lot of people scoff at or looking at things that are like, well, that's, why would you buy that? Okay. Cause I can do it at 25 cents less than you can do it per a hundred right. units. That's profitable. Right. Yeah. That's huge. Being able to like see the actual opportunity and things that other people don't. And, and again, you know, your area, you know, you've mentioned that several times where you said, Hey, I know a Fort Worth area. I know exactly where this is. And I think that's, uh, that's important for even single family or residential two, three, four unit properties as well as if you know your area, sometimes same thing. If you know, there's developments coming, not just people moving in, but like new developments, like here in San Diego, we have like the stadium project coming. So around that in the next five years, it's going to, you know, it's going to drive prices up. We have the, uh, coaster, like, you know, our, our little train that goes to certain areas. And you, if you're paying attention to where developments are coming, you can still, get into things ahead of time, you know, and then you can kind of ride that little increase as well. So, um, you know, even at the smaller scale, I think that that's really important, but then, uh, I guess the importance just gets magnified when you're talking the scale of a hundred units and things like that, but also the returns just exponential as well. So yeah, that you can't, can't underestimate that. 
Well, Lane, I really appreciate you taking the time. What about, uh, can you give us your website or email or however, you know, if someone wanted to check out the projects that you guys put up there, see a little bit about your company? Sure. The, the most entertaining way to do it is look at our YouTube video category. I've got a lot of training and education discussions. We also have some updates on our construction projects that we have down in Austin. And so you can just go onto YouTube and type a pilot legacy private equity group is our channel. Okay. Or you can find us on our website, which is www.pilot-legacy.com. Awesome. Or you can email me lane.bean. That's L-A-N-E period B-E-E-N-E at pilot-legacy.com. So all three of those work. We'll be able to point people in your direction too, if need be. I definitely recommend the YouTube. I've watched a few of those and especially, you know, the Nest one, of course, and uh, they are entertaining and they're, I actually got some good info from it and I really enjoyed, enjoyed that, but I enjoyed learning this stuff. So I think that it's a great place to start with your guys' YouTube videos as well. Lane, thanks so much. I really appreciate your time and introducing me to something, you know, that I haven't really gotten into. So I always like learning something new and I really appreciate that from you. I appreciate the opportunity to speak to you today, Jay, and your audience as well. And let me just encourage you and your audience to think bigger, to see yourself, okay, as a better millionaire. I love that. I love it. (laughs) Thanks, Lane.